Hi, Rosie. <laughs> hey, listeners. And welcome to Am, Am I, I an Asshole? asshole? Oh. <laughs> we are a couple of series. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Alexa, Siri, yeah. watch out. Do you think, do you think they hold, a, like, are, okay, is there any, any way that the Alexa or Siri voices are in the market to change? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, could I audition to be that I, voice i think so but you know there's only one way to find out ask him <laughs> oh well hey alexa <laughs> what are the additions for the alexas yeah. i just feel like why not why wouldn't you want this <laughs> did you hear her oh my god can you guys wow she's talking to us she's, she's going still going honey Alexa, Alexa, stop. stop. <laughs> I think she was going on a weird circle. Good God, she's possessed. Wow. Oh, my God. Anyway. I wonder if that they picked that up. I mean, if you couldn't, she was just going on Honestly, and on about something. It kind of was scary a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think really. She, yeah, like, <laughs> like, she's breaking <laughs> she, down. She, yeah. I'm sorry, hon. Oh, God. She, like, had circuit problems wow, or something. Weird. Um. Anyway. Um, yeah. She'll murder me in my two. sleep. Oh. <laughs> Um, She'll part murder you two. In your sleep. Sure. Part two of Am I an Asshole for Not Understanding My Vagina? <laughs> um, we've got Ter- Dr. Teresa back. Um, Front butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one. If you listen to the previous episode, we had a whole bunch of other things to call vaginas. <laughs> That's the best one. Yes. Uh, crack? No. First front crack. Yep. Yeah. Nah, front butt. Yep. <laughs> front butt. <laughs> it. Um, oh, front butt. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the other one. We go uh, uh, get creative with all the cool names of a vagina. Yeah. Wow. Um, um, anyway, this episode, get ready to hear about healthcare and pregnancy and terminating pregnancy and um, birth control. Hell yeah. We got Dr. Teresa Beck. Bless her. Um, and um, Teresa gives Rosie a full exam. <laughs> and we have the, the vi- live video of you guys going to see it. I am just. We're streaming it honestly, on Pornhub. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to do it for educational purposes, but oh. you're, but you're probably more right. That's where well, I would both. Go. <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah. Well, only because of how sexy it is. Oh. Yeah, there's nothing sexier nah. about hearing a couple gals talk about their bloody bloody aching vaginas we're trying yeah it's the aching it's the aching that sucks yeah so least you can do is listen to it and gals (laughs) (laughs) gals get ready to relate yeah and and, and, or learn and learn because i learned i learned too um and bless gynecologists because they're doing a good thing absolutely all right cool glad you said (laughs) tootly what did i say you said absolutely um Surprised you didn't wink. This is going on too long. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. Bye. Uh, well, Jackie and I couldn't get enough of talking about vaginas. Nope. Um, and we had just we skipped kind of some main some, some stuff we really want to talk about that's really prevalent 
in the United States right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I realized it was, it was our, this, the first one was personal. It was like, yeah, I've got hot lava. <laughs> like I may or may not have endo. I yeah. don't know. Like right. what's going on with us. And so right. this one's a little bit more of like a broader, well, and it was kind of the basics, like what happens during your period. Right. Which I'm embarrassed to say that two women pretty much in their thirties just still had a lot of questions. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like past my childbearing years. No, I don't, that's no not you are not, <laughs> but we'll talk about pregnancy with Teresa. Yeah. We have, we have Dr. Teresa back on. Um, hi. 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 And okay. So Dr. Teresa said that she loves talking about birth control. So we're going to let her have it. <laughs> you have the floor. No, I'm no. so curious about birth control. I, um, I have an IUD brag. Um, <laughs> it, and I, I forget what it's called. It's not Skyla. I had Skyla and this one's five years. The one I have now. Do you, what's it called? Kylina. Yeah. Kylina. Kylina. <laughs> what a sexy name. Exotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Are you, you liking it? Do you like it so far? Okay. So when I got, so I, my first IUD I had um, was the copper IUD. Mm-hmm. Just, just that. No. Um, what is that one called? Oh God. Paragard. Yes, Paragard. And then I was having, I already had heavy periods and it just made it even worse. And then I was, I started spotting all the time and I had white sheets and I was getting down a lot. And I just felt like I had a lot of, it was just like always brown and like all, just, just too much. And um, so I took it out. And then I got another, then I tried the ring for a while. And then I did, then I did Skyla for three years and now I'm doing Kylina. And I think I like it. It is weird in Skyla and this one, I don't have my period. And I was so used to having periods for so long that I'm always like, I don't know where I'm at. But right now I'm actually having a little more like, um, ble- quote unquote bleeding. It's not really, but it's like brown. So you know you're on it. Yeah, but I don't need a pad really. I don't need like, um, I definitely don't need a tampon. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. But then I'm always worried that I'm ha- having like, um, pelvic inflammatory disease because you know i mean we're, right we yeah, yeah. <laughs> the just, brain problems yeah, but <laughs> we just keep going on and what what don't we have yeah right. um, um yeah but i like it i mean i i like the idea that uh i'm not gonna get pregnant but i still use condoms because well i don't want to yeah 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 no i think there's so many good options for contraception and i think um I know we talked about this in the last episode, but I think like many parts of reproductive health, it's such an individual personal decision about what's the, the best choice for you. I have my biases and I, when I'm seeing people and talking with them about options, I always acknowledge to them my biases, but I also really want kind of everyone to know that no matter what I think is the best, that really the best birth control for an individual person is the one that they feel most like they want to use basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's kind of a, a couple of classes of, or I guess you could say even a few classes of different contraception. There's the, um, the barrier kinds of contraception. So that's primarily condoms, um, male condoms, female condoms, which are kind of less, less simple to use. So most people are using male condoms when they use condoms. Um, and then there is, um, the, the kind of more, I would say a little bit more historical method of the diaphragm, which you've probably heard people talk about, but um, many people currently don't, don't use. Um, condoms and diaphragm and all of those, they can be pretty effective, but they're not as effective as some of the, um, the hormonal types of contraceptions. Um, and also, 
um, the long-acting reversible contraceptives, we call them LARC in gynecology, um, those are the, the highest efficacy of reversible birth control. And those are things like the copper IUD, the hormonal mm -hmm. kinds of IUDs. There's an arm implant. Oh, yeah. It's an implantable contraceptive rod. It's about the size of a matchstick that goes just under the skin in the arm. Um, and then there's also, um, you know, shorter. Yeah. It's called Nexplanon. It's the brand name. So yeah. that's an option for, mm -hmm, exactly. Wait, it goes um, right under your arm. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen this? It's, it's. It's implanted in there, yeah. like surgically placed. It's uh, well, we place it in the office. It doesn't take a surgery. We numb the skin, and then what? It just <laughs> has like a little a little needle insertion. It's kind of like getting a shot, and it just leaves behind this little tiny birth control implant that you can have for three years. So it's a really great option for some people. Wow, mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, and I think I didn't know no, that. Yeah. Like with my IUD, it has hormones and I was like, I don't want any hormones. But then I realized it doesn't actually affect your, it's only stuff that's like, nah. <laughs> I know what you're getting at. And that's why I let her take, take it from there. <laughs> no, you're right, Rosie. So my, um, my personal bias for a majority of people who are eligible to get them is that the hormone containing IUDs are kind of my favorite to recommend. And it's mostly because of that reason that you're talking about. People can get lighter periods and less cramps because of a low little tiny dose of hormone. It's just the progesterone hormone. If you remember back to when we talked about um, the, the kind of ovaries and the hormones that the ovaries, yeah. and it's just that one of the them. shitty hormone. It's the, yeah, kind it of. tends to have some bad side effects when it's systemic, so body-wide, but like Rosie was mentioning, um, with the hormone-containing IUD, it's mostly acting in the uterus. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that was a direct quote, actually, from what Rosie just said, yeah, explaining it. Barely um, getting out into the bloodstream. Now, if I like drew your blood and, and tested for that particular hormone, would there be 0. 0.000 nanograms of the hormone or would there be maybe a tiny little bit? Sure, there might be a tiny bit, but it's a much, much, much smaller dose than what you get even with, um, with a, a birth control pill. Oh, because I, um, I was in a tricky spot for a little bit because I was, I was taking birth control to help with manage stuff and because I was having sex and I started to get really bad migraines. Um, and I guess my mom was on birth control a while, like when she was younger and she used to get migraines. So they got so bad and I didn't know what it was, if it was allergies or whatever it was. And then they suggested, well, try stopping it and let's just see if the migraines go away and they stop going away. And then I was, um, but condoms sometimes, like if you, because uh, I was in a long-term relationship, like condoms, you know, sometimes they're just, they're a little, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to discourage people from using them, but you know, sometimes... I just didn't. I just didn't want to use a love glove. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm yeah. not calling it a love glove. I think so. But anyway, what? Some people don't enjoy the sensation of sex as much with them. As much with them, yeah. Um, but anyway, I didn't even need to bring up the love glove. My question was, was more. I just, just want to say it. Yeah. Um, was what? Does that happen to some people? And was I just on the wrong pill, or like, should I have gotten one of those those black mirror things that you shoot up <laughs> <laughs> in your arm? <laughs> Yeah. It's a great question. So um, 
I think more uh, kind of body-wide side effects are seen when people are taking a birth control pill. Gotcha. Few reasons why we don't prescribe the combined birth control pills to some people, um, and certain types of migraine headaches are one of the reasons. And so that again, I feel like this is a perfect time for me to give the disclaimer of definitely talk about this with your doctor and make yes. sure right. any of these options would be appropriate for you. Um, the really good news is that the the IUDs and the implant um, have very very few medical reasons why we wouldn't recommend getting those options. And so for nearly yes. everyone, someone in, in some one of those options can be a good match for them. Mm. The reason why I really like those options is I think um, they give people a lot of control over their own kind of future fertility because both the, the Nexplanon, the implant, and then the IUDs, kind of every, every type of IUD, all of those are more than 99% effective. Um, at preventing an unplanned pregnancy. Um, and they kind of approach the same effectiveness as getting your tubes tied, but they're not a permanent surgery, like getting your tubes tied. Um, and you so make it, this is making me feel so good because as someone who worries a lot, period, yeah. <laughs> um, that I'm like, I chose, and I know it's not about choosing the right one, but I just feel like I chose a good one. Yeah, Correct. sounds like it. And um, I think that, that you can say that is the best thing. And that's like what I was trying to get at earlier is what I want people, everybody to feel like is that they chose the best one. And maybe for some people that is a pill, but. Right. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So let's get into the sticky stuff, shall we? Uh, <laughs> unintended. <laughs> maybe. Oh. No, just pregnancy. So, I mean, because I personally don't think that we are, um, preventing life from happening by um, <laughs> having, having. I mean, because you could technically say that that we are not letting God's. Cre- I'm being. I'm so. I'm sorry. I'm no, but it's kind of hard to like. It's but, um, a little ridiculous. Go, Should yeah. be able to take birth control. Come on. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's where I. That's where I get like. Well, how far back does it go? Like just being born and deciding not to have sex at all. Am I now? saying that, that I'm preventing life from happening. You well, know? you're definitely going to hell. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, that is certain. Um, but, but, okay, yeah. so birth control, with all this abortion ban and stuff, is birth control still allowed in those states? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, most of the new bans are really targeted more at the actual abortion procedure itself, although I would argue that it's probably a little bit of a slippery slope. Yes. Um, and so that's why many of us are quite concerned to see true legislation about the medical care that, that we're trying to provide for our patients, because where does the line get drawn at some mm-hmm. point? Um, there are different mechanisms depending on which birth control you're talking about. And so various um, ethical and religious kind of opinions would um, tolerate some of the methods and not others. Um, And that's, again, I think a slippery slope. Um, Right. Because it depends on who they got pregnant. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, yeah. Is it the mistress? You know, get it out. Is it the wife? Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, so there's, they feel differently about, honestly, (sighs) <laughs> Who cares about them? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I, I know. just. But the reason that this this uh, heartbeat bill is so is so strange too is because um, the six it's a six week 
ban. And isn't that, that's before a lot of women even oh, yeah. know that they're pregnant. Let's talk about pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's, um, it's kind of the, the earliest that someone could potentially know um, they were pregnant would be maybe a few days before they missed a period. So the average um, cycle length is 28 to 35 days. Mm-hmm. For someone who has a 28-day cycle, maybe you know at about four weeks. But if you are someone who has a 35-day cycle or has irregular periods, then you're getting close to that six-week mark potentially. Right. So, I mean, so many – a lot of times you just don't, you don't know that you're pregnant. Right. And I, I guess, I mean, this is, and you don't have, we're talking choice. to a scientist. So we can say, because obviously some people feel like it's um, life. I have life in me right now. I've got lives. I've got lots of lives in mm-hmm. my ovaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm really, really taking a side and I can't, I, well, whatever. We but, know that's, what but that's is. why there's the whole argument of then, then mention jack off. Cause all those lives are going right, <laughs> right, right, right. right down the trash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess, so, okay. In terms of pregnancy and I'm sure you're good at not being biased and I regret the way I was (laughs) saying that, but, um, but come on, we're strongly pro-choice. We should be proud of it. I mean, this is scary. We're trying to understand the other side. We don't have a person here who is is that on that side. But so we don't. So now it's just of us. So pro-choice. Cut to the chase, Rosie. (laughs) Okay. So, okay. After, okay. If you get pregnant, you find out because you, you've missed a period. Mm-hmm. And then what happens in pregnancy? Yeah. So, um, so the early parts of pregnancy um, are kind of the, the stage, kind of the earliest part um, is like the, the cells dividing, becoming the structure called a blastocyst. And then that's a very, very early clump of cells. And then that becomes with time. And if it implants an embryo, which is the first kind of part of the first trimester. We talk about pregnancy in weeks. So the average um, pregnancy is about 40 weeks long. Um, And it starts, the the first week is the first week of your last menstrual cycle. So we count from the the first day of bleeding of your last period that you got. Um, Even though technically you haven't ovulated until a couple of weeks into that cycle. So that's just kind of a weird historical way that we count it. But um, that's how we count it. And around kind of um, 14 and then again, 28 weeks, we, we change between trimesters. So first trimester is through to 14 weeks. Second trimester is through to 28 weeks. And then the last trimester is through to 40 weeks plus a little bit for people who go past their due date. So I'm just going to bring this back around to the heartbeat. Uh-huh. Is there a heartbeat detected at six weeks? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's why okay. it's That's why that. It's right. right. Yeah. yeah. An actual heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's, we'd still decide if that's a life. Right. I right. mean, that's still, because at this point, I guess it, then it's past the blastocysts and onto being a zygote. It's an embryo at that point. Embryo. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, um, but it's still kind of a clump of cells. I think that really depends on who you ask. Right, right. Um, okay, right. Sorry. But, uh, right. No, it's okay. Um, I think that, you know, from my perspective, I think that I, I, I mean, 
full transparency, I provide full scope reproductive health care, including abortion care. So obviously I come down on a particular side of this discussion. Mm-hmm. That said, I, I think that it is um, very unlikely for me to be able to truly change someone's mind if they are in the camp of believing that that is a life that I'm interrupting. And so I personally try to not approach discussions with people from that particular aspect because I think I'm just unlikely to really make any progress and just kind of we'll all dig our heels in and not get any productive anything out of that discussion. Do you know Uh, any other um, gynecologists that are pro-life? I do. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I would say in general, it's not super common in the part of the world that I practice in um, sure. on the West Coast, but yeah. um, but even on the West Coast, I I am in training new people who opted opted out of that part of our training, um, and the American College of OBGYN and the kind of residency training um, guidelines actually mandate that it be at least offered to OBGYNs um, and different parts of the country that is. Uh, better or more easily accessible, I should say, for trainees in obstetrics and gynecology. Um, on the West Coast, it's uh, quite integrated into most residency curriculums. Um, and in parts of the, the country, it's uh, really on the, on the resident, um, on their kind of terms and responsibility to go out and find ways to get that training. Um, the Good news and bad news, I guess, is that the procedure is actually a quite common um, obstetrical procedure for a variety of reasons. People have it for not just terminating a pregnancy, the the true technical surgical procedure or the the medication type of procedure, but um, various people, you know, might only learn those steps in in terms of managing like a miscarriage or things like that, as opposed to um, providing it as an abortion. Right. Okay. I see. So you're using the procedures not only to terminate, you're saying it's more common for, for managing miscarriage. Both managing miscarriages and for um, terminating a pregnancy. Gotcha. And and I, I know that, yes, we're, we're definitely pro-choice, but yeah, I mean, but I still, I, yes, if someone does believe that it's a life, then I understand that. I think what I, what we struggle with for sure is like the but like, it's still, you're still telling someone that they can't have a choice <laughs> over what they right. do. Um, I think, I think it, it gets difficult when you're arguing about, like you said, like whether or not it's a life. And it's like, to me, I'm like, well, but that's still not, I think we're fighting different f- arguments. Like the argument is just like, please just don't, don't tell me what to do with my, with my body. Yeah. You well, know? and I, and I think also, I don't think it's fair because you think it's a part of your religion to enforce that upon the rest of the world. And when it comes to lawmaking, I mean, there slowly is becoming no separation between church and state. And so it's, it's very confused. It's and, and and then we've talked about this a lot to me. And again, we should have somebody who's a, who's pro-life on, but they, it's not consistent. So they, in my opinion, if you're pro-life, then I think you should be pro-healthcare. And then I think you should be, you know, or against the death penalty. I'm not saying you have to be all on that line, but to me, that would make the most logical sense. And it seems well, yeah. to just be this one issue that, you know, I mean, well, oh, or ban guns. I mean, you know, so it's well, just so inconsistent. If you've, um, 
if you as our listeners and you know you've you've listened to we did talk to in the Republican episodes we do talk to someone who we talked a little bit about abortion in that one if we we can go back to that I mean it's true he definitely um had mixed answers for (laughs) yeah yeah Um, yeah well and a lot of it was like well not my issue it's not really my issue but I'm pro-life okay well this is Right. You're voting for things that are against right. my rights. Anyway, sorry. Um, no. But what are you? What are you concerned a little bit about? The you know the direction and how how would that affect? How do you think that'll affect women? And how do you you know how do you think that'll affect like your you guys care for them medical care? <laughs> I think it's a, those are great questions to be asking. Um, I think on a purely personal level, again, I'm I'm lucky that I live and practice in a state where those kind of state level changes are unlikely to. to yeah. Um, but I feel for my colleagues who live in other states and a lot of these laws are actually less directed towards the patient and more directed toward the provider who performs the abortion. And right. So, they could get arrested. Yeah. And charged with a felony. Um, so not even I mean, that's a pretty serious implication has um, big obviously personal professional impacts, medical licensures at state level, medical boards and things like that. So that's a really serious issue. Um, I personally don't agree with the idea of lawmakers and people who don't know the evidence, don't know about healthcare, don't know about what happens actually in the exam rooms behind closed doors making these decisions. I think it's wildly inappropriate. Um, right. I, I think that that obviously is my bias, but I feel very, very strongly about that. And that's kind of the, the provider perspective. I think on a, on a patient level, um, reproductive ac- access to reproductive healthcare is so vital to so many people. Um, and it's getting increasingly hard. All of these barriers in, in many states make it so that there are very, very few people who are willing to and able to practice full spectrum reproductive health care, including abortion care. And that I think is a really big issue for safety. Um, I think it's a big issue for um, autonomy and and personal freedom. And I think that um, it's disproportionately going to affect people who are lower socioeconomic status and have less ability to travel to neighboring states or clinics that are far away. Um, Many, many, many counties in the United States don't have even a single provider of abortion care. And that's a pretty big deal if people have to, you know, from, especially from a low income family, if they have to take time off of work and figure out a way to travel and potentially stay overnight in a place in some of these states where there are waiting laws and things like that. Um, right. Yeah. And, and it's not like these people are like, oh, I just feel like getting an abortion today. Let me just, yeah, <laughs> let me just pop in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and that's, that's, yeah. I mean, and I, I also just a quick question, like, cause aren't there certain, like you were talking about managing miscarriage. I mean, aren't there certain pregnancies that are, what are they called? Eptopic? Eptopic pregnancies. Where they're in the two, in, it's in like a fallopian tube or something. And in which that case, you can't. Yeah, that's not um, that's not considered a viable pregnancy. That oh, okay. So we're not talking about really not those. Some of the most hardline laws are trying to say that doctors should have to take a, an ectopic pregnancy and try and put it back inside the mm-hmm. uterus, which is not a procedure that exists. That's not possible. <laughs> that's not possible. I okay. That's what I was reading about. I'm like, what? Most of them, to be honest, most of them are not specifically addressing ectopic. 
Okay. 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 Right. okay. And then, so, and then just my question to you too is like, okay, so let's say you are pro-life. And again, like I know Rosie was saying, we do try to see the other side and I do, I do try to respect that, you know, it's, it's not ideal and, and it's, it sh- it's a very hard decision to make. And, you know, it's, I understand the other side in that way, but haven't we seen like historically that it doesn't actually lessen the amount of abortions? Like, I mean, cause you speak to these, you speak to women every day, you know, if, if somebody wants to get an abortion, won't they most likely find a way to get it? Yeah. So a lot of interesting things you bring up. So the actual abortion rate in the U S um, as of the most recent data we have, um, my favorite place to get data about this is the Guttmacher Institute. I don't know if you guys have ever come across their infograms or it's a really mm-hmm. nonpartisan uh, reproductive site. They do a lot of research um, and it's very neutral. Um, so they, um, they look at numbers um, from year to year. I think the most recent data they have published is from 2014, um, just because it takes a while to process all of the information, but that actually was the lowest recorded rate of abortions in the U.S. Um, since it became legal with Roe v. Wade. So I think that it's really interesting that this fervor around this is so high because we're actually able to say pretty definitively that that it's decreased with time. I think, in my opinion, probably in part with having access to effective contraceptives. But ultimately, the other thing that it really brings up for me personally, is that I think um, in a way, people who are pro-choice, we tend to kind of retreat to these arguments where we're like, well, you know, it's not an easy choice for people. It's really hard. Uh, Sometimes they can't can't make a choice to continue because it was an abnormal pregnancy with a birth defect or not something not viable with um, surviving at term or because it was from rape or incest. And I think those are important to know that those are some situations. But my personal belief is that I should be able to provide abortion care on demand without apology, which is kind of what the people fighting for the initial Roe v. Wade um, decision, that's their vision of kind of abortion rights in the U.S. is that it shouldn't matter what the reason is. It shouldn't matter if it's an easy or a hard decision. It should just be safe and available for people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I think like we sort of talked about this in the last episode too, but like um, education too for people, like it, instead of the, um, what, what can you I know, think abstinence. Term? Abstinence. Yeah. It's just like, not realistic. Well, yeah. And then it's like your, it's those people are the ones who are getting pregnant because they're not using contraception. <laughs> so then are those people going to have the baby? Sure. But then like, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, what I think is that, um, so the, the Guttmacher Institute, Institute, again, I, I love their statistics that you can find from them. Um, they looked at who gets abortions in the U.S. and kind of demographic um, surveys about those people. Um, so just some general stats from them. There was, um, in their most recent survey, uh, 62% of people identified as religious, um, wow. which is a lot, and more than, I think, many people who have a religious perspective on being anti-choice um, would expect. Wow. Uh, seven, I think I'm just looking because I wrote some notes about this, so I'd remember the numbers, but 24% were Catholic, 13% wow. were evangelical Protestant. Um, so that's not 
insignificant. Those are, you know, yeah. more than half of the women getting abortions are religious. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. the thing. It's so, that's, it's so hush hush. And the, and, and, you know, but yet again, that's, that's what frustrates me, I guess, too, is that like, then these are the people fighting to not, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And then the men, I can't even, I can't even start because they'll never be in that position. They'll never. So it's hard for me to honestly even have uh, an argument with, with a male about it because they'll never know what it's like to be put in that position. Um, you know, and then, then the hypocrisy of like you, you know, more and more stories come out of you hear them paying for, you know, somebody else to get, you know, get one. And it's just, just, and that's the thing, even if it's your religious belief, like it shouldn't be, you can't impose that on. That's what I keep saying. Science like, and go policy. ahead and tell your, your kid and your congregation, like, I, I don't, I don't support it. Great. But don't tell me that I can't do it. Yeah. Like, and I don't have anything to do with your congregation and I'm not your kid. Like, that's yeah. what I'm like. You, like, I think it's okay not to get it. If you want to have your pregnancy, unless it's dangerous. Right. If you, if you want to do it, go for it. Right. But just nobody's stay telling out you not to. my pants. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious and I, you do not have to uh, disclose this if you don't want to, but like, what is the kind of conversation you would have with somebody to, if they um, were to come in and so oh, I guess, I guess like you said, without apology before. So maybe that's what it is, yeah. but um, well, it's not. Um, it's not every day that this happens, but with some regularity, people will come and see us in the clinic, um, and, and say they're not sure what they want to do with the pregnancy. And so we do talk about the options and I, I believe it's my responsibility to counsel them about the the full scope. So I, you know, bring up that adoption is an option, keeping Mm -hmm. and parenting is an option. Um, and that terminating a pregnancy is an option too, and that it's legal and can be done safely. And that's what they choose that I support them. Yeah. And then the, the ones that don't, that ha- don't even have a law about incest or rape. I mean, I know we were talking <laughs> extremes and you're right about that being like pr- our, our go-to of that, but really, I mean, that's, that's insane. Yeah. Like that. And the amount Oh, I can't even like the amount of t- jail time people get for rape in a lot of places um, compared to yeah. And now what they're trying to impose on on you know doctors, it's it that that is truly insane to me. Like if you if you got rape, it's like well, give it up for adoption. Okay, not if it's your father. I mean, you should not have to carry that child. Like that's crazy. <laughs> and no. so no, that man should go to jail is what should happen. Well, like, yeah. I mean, that's... And then, or or there's the police report, even though what they don't understand is they're like, well, only 1% happens, uh, you know, when it's abuse. And it's like, I don't know. First of all, I don't know where those statistics yeah. are coming from. Secondly, that means women that are going to the police, you know, how many victims don't go to the police because they're too scared? They're... It's just... Yeah. I mean, and I like, like we said too, with being pro-choice, trauma. I think if I got pregnant right now, I would have a very, like by like a non-planned pregnancy, Mm -hmm. I think I would have a really hard time because I too would be like, am I stopping myself from having a child? Like, and I am pro-choice, but I would still have that thought. Like, you know, so that's why I think people don't understand that we're just like, oh, uh, you know what? I didn't use a condom that time. Mm." 
let's get kill it. Like I would, I would still be like, I think I'm, I'm losing a life even at six weeks. Sure. Heartbeat. Yep. I totally agree. Is what I would be thinking. Yeah. And I, and I, I will say, I think there's this stigma of like, well, like loose women, of course you want abortions <laughs> illegal. You know, I don't, I would say we live in a very liberal area. We have a lot of liberal friends. I, I personally don't have, and, and, and they should be able to, if they were like this, that should be okay too. But they've, I've never heard of people talking flippantly about it. I've never yeah. heard anybody be like, uh Oh, you know, one night stand, let me just go get an abortion. Like I, no. I've never heard anybody talk casually about it. No. And so to, to put this stigma on it is, is also really, really wrong. Right. Well, and I think that it's, um, I think that it, the stigma comes from a place of lack of knowledge, but also lack of awareness that, um, one in four people by the age of 45 has had an abortion. So like we all know people who have had abortions. Yes. We have to have just by pure. Right. And I think, um, it's something really private. And so people don't know that and they're able to keep propagating that stigma. I, I, um, I really respect and, uh, appreciate the women who have been sharing their stories about their abortions. I know there's the shout your abortion movement. I don't know if you've had a chance to see that at all on social media, but people um, who I think very bravely are sharing mm-hmm. experience with when they made the decisions and sometimes they were clear and easy for them. And sometimes they were really hard. Like but That's a really good point though. It is, I mean, they're doing this out of bravery and like, and the necessity to sort of stand up, but no, it's nobody's fucking business. Like if no. they got an abortion, like it, they, I'm, they had to, <laughs> to tell people about it because of, this to stand up for women but i mean that's um and then yeah the but then there's the, like the lack of health care just like in general i mean do we know are there a lot of like undiagnosed like not even abortion stuff but just like undiagnosed like vaginal like things or you know ovarian sure. things that are happening that that people just yeah they can't afford health right or like to go see the gynecologist right you know? yeah for not just pregnancy related things you're right Exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's that's a huge problem. Like even like yeast infections or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I think that um, I modest app for that, but totally right. <laughs> is it? Is it? I always afraid. I'm always afraid to do it because I don't. One time I did it, and I did like the um, one dayer, and I think it was too strong oh, and I hurt myself. Really strong. The one day. I, I <laughs> three day, but the three. Okay. <laughs> so it's okay to do just self-diagnose a yeasty. If it's just really kind of rare every once in a while and you get relief from the treatment, um, it's usually just fine. Um, but mm. you're, of course, always welcome to check in with your gynecologist about it. Um, and then the other thing is if it seems like it doesn't get relieved by the treatment and or if you're getting um, yeast infections frequently, like multiple in a year, then that's a good time to check in with your doctor too. Some when I was getting furiously itchy downstairs, <laughs> it was because of the detergent that I was using. Oh, I was and because when it gets like moist, it it's just, it's it's gross. But and and I I don't let myself sit out in bathing suits at all. Or yeah, I just keep things oh. dry down there. Yeah, unless I want yeah. it to be a slip and slide. You know what hey, I'm saying? Hey, hey, hey. Clothes within. A, yeah, yeah. Yoga I mean, workout clothes right and it's now, tight guys, in there. I'm feeling really concerned about the heat. Coming oh, from my vagina. Swamp badge? Yes. Mm. I'll change when I go. Air it out. I mean, I'm you can go trying. bottomless. It's a podcast. Yeah, thank you. Um, but anyway, but not just yeast infections, like other in- infections, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's just women that just can't get help. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it improved with the Affordable Care Act and people um, getting more access to health care, getting um, subsidized health care, also with um, kind of a greater emphasis on 100% on coverage of certain aspects of reproductive health care, like um, contraceptive was much more covered, contraception, sorry, was much more covered by the Affordable Care Act than um, insurances previously were required to cover. Um, and so I think those are all good things and good improvements, but our system has a long way to go still. Lovely. Went backwards, I think. <laughs> well, you know what they say, a few steps back yeah, yeah, and a yeah. few leaps forward is just, I just keep just yeah. replaying that to hope that it's going to be true. I mean, that's definitely something I'm thinking about as a, not just abortion stuff, but like healthcare in general for the next next person up to bat <laughs> yeah who hopefully trump honestly uh, i would love to see him just to, and what he can do in the next four years we're gonna miss him if he's gone <laughs> honestly i think this is gonna be a time to improve yeah he really and just sort of learn from his i think <laughs> women are at his utmost priority for, <laughs> for him and all the gop members oh honestly. wow that's the hardest i've laughed all day that's, <laughs> that was genuine <laughs> yeah well did we okay so covered a lot covered a lot so yeah anything else you wanted to bring up Teresa? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that, um, I guess my, my just little plug that I'll put for my specialty in general is that I think most of us really do want to care for our patients and, and be approachable and accessible. And I think that, um, it's not, we, we know as OBGYNs that it's not everybody's favorite day when they're at the gynecologist and thinking about getting a pelvic exam and all of that. So I think just know that we're trying to be, um, respectful of your body and your time. And I hope that people can find a provider who's a good match for them and, and kind of feel like they can bring up these issues. I actually, I mean, this is no shock. I love going to the gynecologist because then I know that someone has taken a peek because I, when I look, I mean, okay. Cause that, well, I guess that's the thing I would say. Like I try to just give a quick glance in the mirror every so often just to like see, uh -huh. because I mean, like, otherwise you just have like porn to be like okay well that's not what real vaginas look like you know right. maybe but like right. i i just want to see if it like looks extra red or like if there's any like i don't know there probably isn't bumps but i just i'm like what if there's a bump you know like yeah yeah is that is that a, is that should i not do that yeah is that a rocd or is that <laughs> no but you should look at you should oh, look okay 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 balance i think that i definitely see people who um i on exam find something and i ask them do you know has that been there for a while or is that new and they're like totally disconnected from that part of their body. I think that's a little bit unfortunate and a little mm -hmm. bit, um, you know, potentially a risk for things to happen and be undiagnosed for a while. So I think having a familiarity with your own anatomy and what's kind of normal for you is a good thing. I advocate for that. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, it, it can, especially with pop culture and porn and all of that, it can, cross over into a sort of unhealthy amount of concern and fear about it too for some people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm probably one of those. Well, Rosie has, <laughs> you guys can't see this, but Rosie has her legs up on the table. I'm showing trying both to get of these guys. Teresa, trying to get Teresa to just diagnose She's it. She's get a gynecological exam <laughs> through I Skype. So. I would. If I didn't have the appointment next week, which I do on Thursday. Well, or put your legs day. down. Okay. Well, I guess I will. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, because there, I feel like there's just like a lot of like, textures is that the right thing to say i yeah you know like yeah if you, if, you, if you put your finger in there and then i feel like there's always like i don't know mm -hmm. i always get concerned that that's not the right texture but for I think sure 
Oh, I, I, who, who hasn't done the whole phone or mirror in the veg? I mean, you, you should that. I don't know if it's normal. So I try to Google and be like, is that the right, is that the right? Oh, like, is it? Cause one time I was convinced I had something and it, it turned out to be an ingrown hair and I was like worried sick. Yeah. On the outskirts. (laughs) And it was like a little eye looking at me. Was that? One thing to keep in mind too, for people about, um, especially discharge is that um, the hormones in your particular contraception can influence that too. Um, we didn't get into this when we talked about contraception, but depending on what method you're using, sometimes what, what you're experiencing um, is completely separate from a natural menstrual cycle because it's potentially been totally kind of overruled by the contraception. So um, I think that's always a good thing to bring up. Maybe you don't have to make a specific appointment with a doctor to talk about it if you're not that worried, but um, you can you can definitely feel free to ask those questions at your annual exam or if you're there for some other reason, say like, you know, is this- I going? always have a list. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I guess also, cause I always think, well, okay, if, if she's sticking her finger in there and f- doesn't feel like it feels weird, and she's taking a peek, right? Yeah, you know that's why you're getting exams. <laughs> I know because I just don't know what specific questions to ask sometimes, but I, but I just have to trust that you guys know what's in then there. You know what you're looking for, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I uh, love doctors. So I love doctors. I, Thank probably, you for what you do. Love doctors, but <laughs> well, I just respect. I respect. I, I, I respect too. a good doctor. You and know. Thank you for doctor. taking care of us, and thank you for. I mean, honestly, like the type of doctor that you are is the type of doctor everyone should be where they do genuinely care. Yes. And not just like, I mean, I understand because we don't have a good healthcare system that doctors are overworked. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's true. But I do think, like you said, I think most people really care about their patients and and that's their true kind of motivation. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just, it's like looking in a mirror. Cause what I do every day is, I mean, I'm making memes for the internet, you know, yeah, and it's, when it's your the memes same. Are really yeah. Affecting. When I get high engagement, it feels the same as curing <laughs> ovarian cancer. I think, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, um, thank you, you so that. much, funny. Teresa, for taking the time to talk to us. We'll probably, since I have your number, we'll text you pictures and say, it's okay. <laughs> um, that's yeah, yeah. What your mistake. Not dick it. pics with badge pics. Do you get a lot of that? Like from your friends being like, not like pics, <gasps> but like, I'm shocked, actually. I think my friends and my family are quite respectful, and I, I'm happy to answer those questions for them, but they oh they are really quite respectful, and they've just mostly stayed my friend or my my family. That's they didn't nice. cross that line. I have a couple of nurse friends that I'm just like, just quick, just if you're on off time, can I just <laughs> just take a peek? Is this normal? <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> spread eagle. Is yeah. this normal? I no, won't do that to you, I promise. We, you said the word respectful and I heard it. <laughs> Don't you think I did it? We registered yeah, it. Yeah. Um, um, but great. honestly, if you want to take a pic of this. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ingrown hair? Okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you so thank much you for coming so much. on and for your time. And you're just, you're, you're smart, sweet, and gorgeous. Yeah, and a, come on. G- a gynecologist, get out of here. Well, full package. <laughs> we love you. All right. Well, all right. thank you again. Thank you for listening to Am I an Asshole? The one about not understanding Ooh. your push. <laughs> not as good? Well, you just didn't do a good happy job. about that. You just didn't do a good job. Puff. I mean, puff. There she is. Uh-huh. That's the one I like. Your eyes literally lit <laughs> up. Well, I like when it's crystal. Crystal. Oh, cool. Crystal. Like,
That's good. See, you just before, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I praise you when it's really good. And sometimes work. it's I should be at a fail. Oh, that one wasn't good. Anyway. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Please rate, subscribe, all those things. We've done 99 episodes and a bitch ain't one. All right. Oh. You stole my joke. <laughs> and I was going to say a podcast ain't one, which doesn't even like have the, the right cadence. <laughs> All right, we thanks for it. being our friends. Yeah, really, truly. Tell um, your friends about us and keep scooping out that stuff oh. from your front butt. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.